When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. And welcome in MD Nation to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's fantasy football show streaming to you live on social media at BillyFMDFF Show or on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Check us out after the show on your favorite pod streaming app. We are available to you guys everywhere. And now we are also available to you on Amazon Fire TV. Just go to the Amazon App Store on any Android or Amazon device. Look for the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Download us. You'll never miss another show. And throw us up on the big screen. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. It's Tuesday morning, guys, which means it is time for the primetime recaps, the Sunday night, the Monday night recap, and the waiver wire report for week 14. That's right. Week 14 is the end of the fantasy football regular season. So it's going to be a little bit of a different waiver wire report. It's going to be a short one, first of all, because there's not a ton of value out there. That, that's the number one thing. But it's also going to be an interesting one because it's going to be more about week 15 than necessarily week 14. I know for a lot of you, your playoffs start this week, or maybe they've already been going on, but 
this might be a do or die. You have to win this game in order to have any chance of even making it into the postseason. However, at this point, other than maybe one player, there's really nobody on that waiver wire who's going to transcend your team for this week. But we'll get to that one player. I think everybody knows who that's going to be. First, though, I want to I want to recap these primetime games. I want to start with the Sunday night game. And we'll talk about things that, you know, we spent a lot of time yesterday's show talking about players that have been disappointing as of late or just for the season overall. And you find yourselves in a situation where if you're making the playoffs with these players, can you feel confident in playing them, even though they have the big, maybe name star talent? I don't know if there's anybody who that's more prevalent than with a Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes flat out from a fantasy standpoint has done way more harm to your team than he's helped you. And yet because he's Patrick Mahomes, you can't drop him. He just, I, I, I at least I in good conscience cannot give you the advice to drop Patrick Mahomes. I can't, but I can say this confidently pick up another quarterback option for your fantasy football playoffs. Have someone else to pivot to. Have someone else who has a safer floor. We still got week 14 to see if this thing can get turned around, but at this point, I can't expect this to get turned around. It's either a nice enough matchup where you expect the game script and the opponent to be a pro proponent for Patrick Holmes to finally have a good fantasy week. Or you got to play somebody who's actually had more of a floor over the past month. Mahomes hasn't had a good game since the last time he played the Raiders. And before that, he hadn't had a good game since week six. I don't know how you have any confidence in Mahomes whatsoever. Against the Denver Broncos, 15 of 29, 184 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Did get the rushing touchdown on the ground, which is something that's unusual. But just overall, a horrendous fantasy effort. And we had some hope, right? Had the good game against the Raiders, went on the bye week. You know, Andy Reid and the bye and the adjustments he does typically tend to make. You got the Denver Broncos, whose defense has been hit or miss this season, and you're in Kansas City coming off the bye week. And what you were left with is nothing but disappointment. You can't confidently start Patrick Mahomes in the fantasy offseason. Again, I, I can't in good conscience tell you to drop him. But in the fantasy postseason, I don't know how you feel good starting him. At least have another option to contemplate in your lineups. And we'll talk about more of that during the waiver wire report later today. Now, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey obviously were very disappointing as well. Kelsey, three catches, 27 yards on eight targets. Tyreek Hill, two catches, 22 yards on five targets. But the thing you take, you know, with confidence, with a Kelsey, with a Tyreek Hill, even though this offense has been wildly inconsistent and Patrick Mahomes has not been good from a fantasy standpoint at all, these two guys, more times than not, have been able to give you the production you're looking for out of an elite tight end, out of an elite wide receiver one. So I'm not worried about Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill moving forward necessarily because they've been able to perform even with Mahomes not. What was interesting was the running back. So that was the big question, right? Clyde Edwards-Alaire off the bye week, had a good outing right before. But what was the role going to be? Was Darrell Williams going to go away? What we're, what we're expecting to see here. 
And what we got is pretty much what I sort of expected, right? We had 14 carries, for 54 yards out of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, five carries for 20 yards for Darrell Williams. It's kind of what I expect. I expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire to lead the way as far as carries. Darrell Williams will be more worked in the red zone. Both of these guys were equally worked in in the passing game as far as targets go. Both had three targets. Both had three receptions. Darrell Williams had the 60 yards on receiving while Clyde Zeller had 28. But Darrell Williams had more routes run. And he was in there more because he's a better pass blocker. So this is it's not quite a committee committee, but it's like a, it's like a 60-40 split for Clyde Zeller compared to Darrell Williams. So nothing changes as far as what CH's value was when you drafted him. You drafted him to be a low-end RB2. That's what he is. Not a lot more upside than that. The offense doesn't even score enough for them to be considered to be more upside than that. But an RB2 with good enough volume as it stands today, your hope is he continues to be involved in the passing game moving forward. Now, the Chiefs won this game handily, and a lot of it had to do their defense is just continue. Their defense continued to play very, very well against a lot of teams. And Denver offensively couldn't really get much going. So, yes, their offense didn't have to push the envelope to win this game. It's why, ultimately, I have a lot of confidence in Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. So, it's not waning on them. But with Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't really matter if it's been pro, negative, neutral game script. It doesn't matter. He just hasn't been good this year. NFL-wise, you can make the argument he hasn't really been that good either. But fantasy-wise, has been an absolute catastrophe because you drafted this guy most of the time, drafted him as the number one QB, if not the number two QB overall. And you're not even getting close to return on your investment. But because he's Patrick Mahomes, you can't drop him. He just leaves you in that quandary. On the Denver Broncos side of the ball, we finally got a taste of what's to come in Javante Williams' future without Melvin Gordon. 23 carries, 102 yards on the ground, and then tacks on six receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. It's a taste of the future of the RB1 that Javante Williams will be. But key in on the, on the notice that I'm stressing the future. Not the future this year, but the future in 2022. When Melvin Gordon comes back, the unfortunate reality is that this was not the breakout for Javante Williams now take over and become that league winner you're hoping he could be for your redraft leagues. Melvin Gordon, unfortunately, he's been too good. And when he comes back, this will go back to being committee. Now, maybe, maybe Javante Williams will be more of the leader of that committee because that has actually been more Melvin Gordon up until this point but maybe not. Either way, you're still probably talking a 55-45 split in favor of one or the other. So unfortunately, I don't think Melvin Gordon goes away, even though Javante Williams had a great performance in this one. But it was a taste of what I believe will be to come in 2022. Jerry Judy, four receptions, 77 yards on six targets. He just continues to have the highest floor of all the Denver Bronco wide receivers, given his relationship with Teddy Bridgewater, his route tree, where Bridgewater likes to go with the ball. Cortland Sutton continues to be a, a complete fantasy disappointment. Two catches, 15 yards on six targets. You you know, for Cortland Sutton, being that we're getting so close to the fantasy playoffs, this is, this is what we have to do for him. And, it, and it's really unfortunate because he's one of my favorite players. 
Prepare to be flushed. Pay no attention to the mix-up on the drop board there. But yeah, you're dropping Cortland Sutton. There's there's no other way around it. You can't start him. You have no confidence in him. He has no floor in this completely pedestrian offense, especially throwing the football with Teddy Bridgewater being really just completely inefficient getting the ball down the field. Jerry Judy has some value, but Cortland Sutton does not belong in your starting lives, and you can't trust him for fantasy football playoffs. So if you're in redraft leagues, you can go ahead and drop Cortland Sutton. You can go ahead and drop Noah Fant while you're at it, but I'm not going to bother hitting the button for that because I already hit that a long time ago. He got four targets. So did Alberto. They're splitting time with the tight ends as far as the passing game goes, on top of already having a bunch of mouths to feed elsewhere as far as the wide receivers and other pass catchers. This Bronco team is just, it's stack loaded with talent. Maybe they're able to get an Aaron Rodgers next year, and this entire offense can just be completely unchained because they would be. They would be completely unchained with a quarterback like an Aaron Rodgers next year, but or Deshaun Watson, either way. But until that happens, these guys are all just severely capped in their potential. And there's really just no other way around it. So what I want to do now is I'll take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, I want to recap the Monday night game because that's there's some stuff to talk about in that game. And then we'll have the waiver wire report for you guys right after that. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. MD Nation, we want to welcome in a new sponsor of the show called Props Fantasy from PropsFantasy.com. Props Fantasy is a website and app which allows users to import their season-long fantasy teams to challenge other season-long fantasy teams. Their crucial difference is that you can challenge other teams that you are not playing in your league that week or aren't even in your league or not even on the same platform. The idea behind Props Fantasy is to let casual season-long fantasy players use the teams they already have to engage in daily fantasy-type contests for winnings. Users can wager anything from $1 up to $1,000 on a head-to-head challenge. Props Fantasy even harmonizes the scoring. If you are in a PPR league and your opponent is not, Props Fantasy will default to a half-point PPR, or you can manually adjust it. They also handle things like standard lineup versus super flex. Their developers are fantasy football diehards and have thought of everything, including IDP. So if you think your season-long team is not just the best in your league, but the best in all leagues, this is your chance to find out and win money when you sign up for the Props Fantasy app today at PropsFantasy.com. So join in on the fun. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. And welcome back in MD Nation to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show streaming to you live on social media at Billy MDFF Show. Not to mention our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Check us out after the show on your favorite pod streaming app. And make sure you're downloading us on the Amazon App Store, the MD's Fantasy Football Show to your Amazon Fire TV devices or Android device to catch every episode that comes your way. I'm your host, Dan Mater. We just recapped the Sunday night game. Now let's dive into this Monday night game, which is very... This is a weird one. This is a real weird one. So we got we have snow in Buffalo. It was cold. It was freezing. It was windy. Terrible conditions. 
But it's in Buffalo. You would think the Bills would be prepared for this. I mean, uh, both teams are really prepared for this type of weather. Let's be real. The New England Patriots, too, all in the Northeast. But Buffalo is unable to get the job done. The Patriots go to 9-4 and four and look like the best team in the AFC right now. The Patriots, with rookie quarterback Mac Jones, look like the most complete, best, well-coached team in the AFC. It pains me to say that because talent-wise, I don't think they're as talented as Baltimore. I don't think they're as talented as Buffalo, who they just beat for the second time this season. I, 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 don't, I don't buy it from a talent standpoint, but that's been the Patriots all along. Belichick having a good quarterback with competent players to run his system, being well-coached, being able to beat you in multiple ways, never really being the most talented team, and yet winning Super Bowls anyway. It's insane. It's absolutely insane what is happening right now. They win this game 14 to 10. Now, from a fantasy standpoint, <laughs> I hope you didn't have any pass catchers going for you for New England. I mean, and the only one I was really too worried about would be Hunter Henry if you had him in there. Three pass attempts. Three pass attempts for Mac Jones in this game. It was two of three. I'll give him that at least. Janu Smith had the catch for 12 yards. Brandon Bolden had the one catch for seven yards. Three pass attempts and four quarters of play. I don't care what the conditions are. That's that's insane. That he had that's like watching a Georgia Tech game. Three pass attempts. I can't believe it. They ran the ball 46 times as a team. So this is the fantasy part to get into, of course, when it comes down to the running game. So Damian Harris, who played him, he did great. Apparently, if you're a team that wants to commit yourselves to running the ball at Buffalo, you can do it. This is the second time we've seen a team just go in there and say, you know what? We don't care that you're really good against the run statistically this season. We're going to go in there and commit to running the ball down your throat and see if you'll stop it. This is the second time the team has had success with it. So Damian Harris had a great game. 10 carries, 111 yards, a touchdown on a 64-yard run but he picked up a hamstring injury and had to leave the game and was unable to return. In his absence, it was Ramondre Stevenson, 24 carries, 78 yards. Not very efficient, but the 24 carries is what you care about there. So if Damian Harris is going to miss any time, it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson leading the way in carries. And then Brandon Bolden will continue his annoying Brandon Bolden, James White role ways. But he's going to get enough volume. This team's been built around the run. He's going to get enough volume to be a mid-level, very confident RB2. Very confident RB2. Now, we don't know yet the severity of the Damian Harris hamstring. We'll keep you up to date on social media at Show. But assuming he misses at least a few weeks or a couple of weeks, Stevenson who we may or may not be talking about in the waiver wire report, wink, wink, is going to be a very valuable player the rest of the way, especially depending upon the timeline that we get back about Damian Harris. So we'll have to keep our eyes on that. On the Buffalo side, look, you got a mixture of things going on. There's a very good New England defense, especially as of late. You had terrible weather conditions. So it's hard to really judge this. On, on a fantasy perspective for any of these guys on, you know, does anything change value-wise for them moving forward? It's hard to judge. 
Josh Allen was 15 of 30. He had one touchdown, only 145 yards to tackle on 39 yards on the ground. The only thing I will say is that the Matt Breida experiment seems to be eh, just about over. Remember last week, he kind of got benched a little bit because he did something wrong on a wrong play there. And while he wound up with a touchdown, weren't really excited about his usage. Zach Moss wound up being activated in this game. He had eight carries compared to Matt Breida's one. Devin Singletary still led the way with 10 carries, 36 yards. Who cares? I think the point is that you don't really want a Buffalo Bills running back unless somebody were to get injured and there wound up being a consolidation of volume around one particular player. Outside of a scenario like that, I don't see why you'd want a Buffalo Bill running back, period. Stephon Diggs, four catches, 51 yards, and seven targets. I mean, that... That was pretty much the big highlight of the day, unless you were a a Patriot running back. Gabriel Davis had the touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders had three catches, 22 yards. Look, I can go on and on about this recap. The point is this. You're playing Josh Allen with confidence. You're playing Dawson Knox with confidence moving forward. You're playing Stephon Diggs with confidence. And that's it. You're not playing Emmanuel Sanders. His his usage has fallen off completely from a few, from a month ago now, four four weeks now. Gabriel Davis has taken on a bigger role, especially as of late, which is what's cut into Emmanuel Sanders. But he hasn't taken over so much to the point where he has the Sanders role for him to be fantasy relevant or fantasy trustworthy. And Cole Beasley, since Dawson Knox has been back, has been thrown to the wayside. So it's Josh Allen, it's Stephon Diggs, it's Dawson Knox, and I don't want anything else in the Buffalo Bills offense. Yes, somebody else besides that will probably have a good week here and there, whether it's a Beasley, a Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, maybe one of the running backs even. But there's nothing trustworthy about it going into the fantasy playoffs. That's all you want. That's all she wrote. So here's what we're going to do. We're taking another quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to look at the waiver wire report for week 14 as we start to move ahead, guys. Let's get ready for the playoffs. Let's get ready for your last games of your regular seasons. Everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. It's the holiday season, and you don't know what to gift as a gift or a stocking stuffer. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, your butt, and your body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget the famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The dads can't stop talking about this, the teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. And welcome back, MD Nation, to the show. You are listening and or watching the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Streaming to you live on social media at Show, And, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on your favorite pod streaming app after the show. And make sure you're downloading us 
on the Amazon App Store for all of your Android and Amazon Fire TV devices so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Dan Mater. We just finished up recapping the primetime games from week 13, and now we can officially look to the waiver wire report for week 14, the last game of the fantasy football regular season. The playoffs are here. The moment that we've all been waiting for, working so hard for all season long is just about here. Some of you may need a win to get in. So for some of you, this your playoffs pretty much start today. Others, you may be out of it. Maybe you're in last place. Maybe you're just trying to avoid that toilet bowl or whatever punishment your league may have. Some leagues have a fee for losing games to try to keep people competitive. So if you're not in the toilet bowl or you're not in the playoffs, you're still trying to win for those purposes, cut down your loss fees possibly, or just playing for pride, whatever the case may be. And then the others of you, and hopefully the majority of you as part of MD Nation, you're already locked in for the postseason. So you're actually not really paying attention to week 14 all that much. You're looking ahead to week 15 and you're getting ready for your playoff matchups now. Now, this waiver wire report I have for you guys is not very long. It's not. It's not a very long list, but it is an important list that we need to go over. So like we always do, I always take the players that on average are less than 50% owned on all the major platforms, ESPN, Yahoo, NFL, whatever the case may be. And I put them on the positions. I don't put them in any particular order. I just go over what kind of priority I would set for myself to get one of these guys. So let's start with the quarterbacks. It's only two. Uh, more streaming options than not. But first up would be Taysom Hill at 36%. Oh, now he's dealing with that finger injury. We did get a report yesterday that it's the ligament on top of the finger. So they said the big thing of why they think he's going to be able to try to play through it is because this particular ligament, because of where it is, it can't actually really get any worse. So it's a it's a pain management issue and can Taysom Hill grip the ball and throw the ball the way he needs to uh, without the pain being too much of a hindrance for him? That's the big question. Now, with Taysom Hill, whatever he gives you in the passing game is just is the, is the, is gravy anyway. It's a cherry on top. All you really want him to do is be a glorified running back. And we still don't know when Alva Kamara is going to come back. Now, last week was a good indication being that he was able to get back on the practice field that maybe he's finally progressing towards that really being a reality. But even if Alva Kamara is back, we know Taysom Hill's best attribute is running. This whole offense has to be built around Hill being able to run the football and Alva Kamara, when he comes back, being able to run and catch the football. So you want Taysom Hill for that reason. Just think of it last week. I mean, he, he hurt the finger during the game. He still walked away with a huge fantasy day because of what he can give you on the ground. Now, the key with Taysom Hill compared to Cam Newton for me is that even with a bum finger, I think I trust Taysom Hill with his fantasy production and what he gives you, especially as a high floor, getting in a top 10 quarterback down the fantasy playoffs more than a Cam Newton. Because with Cam, we he can just completely implode and kill you all together. We saw that right before the bye week. We still don't know for sure that he's also the starting quarterback over Sam Darnold. So Cam is my other quarterback at 34% owned, but that's more as a streamer for week 14. So if you're looking for a quarterback for this week, which you might be because four teams are on bye, I guess Atlanta, I do think Cam Newton can be a strong streaming option this particular week. Again, you're going for that rushing ability, but in this game, it's kind of like the Washington matchup where 
it's a nice, easy matchup to be able to throw the football as well. Now, Carolina's got a lot to answer for. They're firing Joe Brady. We've got to see what that's all going to entail from there, too. And what, what kind of significant changes that might bring about as far as player overall usage. But Cam Newton is definitely a streaming option for this week, but I'd rather have Taysom Hill for the rest of the fantasy playoffs if you're looking for a quarterback for the next you know month as we go into this thing here now. Uh, obviously, it, depending on how badly you need quarterback, I'll use priority. I am not ever, ever, ever going to use fab budget on a quarterback. I can always find a streaming option if I have to. So let's get into the running backs and the number one waiver pickup of the week, Ramondre Stevenson. Now he barely makes this list because he's only 49% owned on average. So it's about 50-50. So you have to check your leagues to see if he's even available to you. But technically, he's on that 50% threshold, so he makes the waiver wire report. And Ramondre Stevenson, when you get this late in the game, it's rare that you get to have a running back with his kind of value who potentially could be a starter for multiple weeks as we head into this thing. Again, we got to wait for the official word on the severity of Damian Harris's hamstring injury. We'll keep you up to date on social media at Billy FMDFF show throughout the week. But let's say Harris does miss some time here. Ramondre Stevenson at least is an RB2 moving forward. Now, unfortunately, he's not a workhorse bell cow with more upside because for whatever stupid reason, Brandon Bolden has to operate in the James White role with Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. It's maddening. I wish I could offer you guys some kind of hope that maybe that wouldn't be the case. But as we've already seen, even though Ramondre Stevenson has exhibited passing skills this season as a compliment to Damian Harris at times, they are going back to the well on Brandon Bolden in a passing down role. It's unfortunate, especially since Brandon Bolden is not even elusive, but that does seem to be the case. So Ramondre Stevenson would kind of be a Damian Harris where he's a high in RB3, low in RB2 based on volume and touchdown most of the time. With Damian Harris out of the way, he'll probably be closer to getting 20 carries than not a game, which makes him more of a solid RB2. Whatever fat budget you have left, whatever priority you have, you're using it on Ramondre Stevenson if he is available. Next guy up is Dante Foreman. He comes in at 34% owned. I'm not excited about this one, but there are so many things we don't know about the Tennessee backfield. But the one thing we do know is that Foreman will be the lead ball carrier, especially inside the red zone. So touchdown is a possibility and automatically makes him an RB three. If you're desperate trying to find running backs with a pulse Foreman, who's only 34% owned, that kind of surprised me is definitely a go out and get him waiver. You could do a lot worse. Now, what we don't know is with Dontrell Hillard, it's why he doesn't make this list this week because we might have Jerry McNichols coming back. And what does that mean for a Jerry McNichols? We don't know exactly. Does Dontrell Hillard, has he leapfrogged him in the depth chart because he's looked more explosive and frankly more productive in his short term than Jerry McNichols has looked all season long? Or because McNichols has been there all season long, do they go back to him and have him work in in the role? This is a three-man committee. A lot of questions we're not going to have answered until they play the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up here in week 14. But that's why Dontrell Hillard's not on my list because if Jeremy Nichols is going to play anybody's role, it's going to be Dontrell Hillard's pass catching back. The only person who doesn't have someone really taking his spot would be Dante Foreman as the power back, the lead carrier back, and the lead goal line back. So he does make this waiver wire list. And I would use a priority on him if you need a running back. I'm not going to use too much fab budget on him, though. 
you're still talking about a low floor if he doesn't score a touchdown at the end of the day, especially in half point and full point PPR leagues. Now let's get into the handcuffs. These guys are important. These guys are very important. This is where you got to figure out where you are, obviously. Maybe you're a first-place team who actually has some roster flexibility on the back end of your roster. You could take some lotto tickets here. Or maybe you have some of these running backs. You're about to make the postseason, and you need to pick them up to make sure you protect yourselves. I don't know how many times i got to say this on this show, but this year in particular has shown you the value of having handcuffs, especially when they're one-for-one handcuffs in those situations. You have to go out and get these guys. You have to protect yourselves. Running backs have dropped like flies this year more than any other year that I can frankly remember, especially from the top 12 running backs. So you got to protect yourselves heading into your fantasy football playoffs. That's what this list is. Devontae Booker, 29%. We already have seen him when he's in a role where he gets all the work. Yes, it's a low-scoring offense. He's still a solid RB, too. Ronald Jones, I know there's an illness going on with him, but if something were to happen to Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones become the lead ball carrier. Yes, I would ex- suspect that Gene Vine Bernard would be the pass catching back. I don't know how much Ronald Jones would get involved in that aspect of it, but on this offense, if he's got all the carries to himself, Ronald Jones would definitely be an RB2 with some upside because he has big play capability. He, again, is only 21% owned. You must own him if you're Leonard Fournette owner. Khalil Herbert. We've already seen him perform in a big way this season. If he, if if David Montgomery were to go back down again, Chicago has a nice schedule the rest of the way. He's only 19% owned. You have to own him if you have David Montgomery. And Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson might be an interesting name for this week because Elijah Mitchell is on the concussion protocol. He had symptoms crop up the day after the game. It's never a good sign. More times not in history when that has happened the running backs tend to not play the following week. Now, Jeff Wilson has a knee injury. He's got to watch in his own right, which is why I'm not going to go crazy trying to pick up Jeff Wilson. But if you could get him for pretty much free off the waiver wire, he's only 18% owned. He would be presumably the lead back if he is also healthy for Elijah Mitchell. So Jeff Wilson somebody I might actually spend a little bit of fab on, especially if you're looking for a win right now in week 14 and a priority on. Because he might be hitting more times not. And Elijah Mitchell has had issues staying in the lineup consistently all throughout the year. He's picked up nagging injuries here and there throughout. And with Michael Hasty not looking like he's quite back, Trey Sermon being on the IR, it would be Jeff Wilson as the lead running back. So a very important name to know there. Jordan Howard, kind of for similar reasons. Now, you're only picking up Howard if you're definitely making the playoffs because obviously he's not playing in week 14. So the earliest you're getting him back is week 15. The expectation is that he will be back from his knee injury in week 15. That's why he's going to make my list. Because Miles Sanders, I don't have the same expectation for. If he truly hurt that ankle all over again, he might miss a game or two at the very least, maybe week 15, week 16. When he's out, Jordan Howard's the lead ball carrier. Boston Scott, of course, will get mixed in as well. But we haven't seen Kenneth Gainwell being a three-man committee with Jordan Howard and Boston Scott uh, without Miles Sanders being active, at least not in a meaningful way anyway. So Howard is somebody you pick up because he's a touchdown, you know, potential type of guy getting the lead ball carrying skills. He's a lotto ticket you could take, especially if you know you're going to be in the postseason come week 15. And let, let, well, not actually not last, but not least on this, is second to last, Carlos Hyde, 9% owned. We all saw last week, James Robinson's now nowhere near close to being 100%. And we also saw that the Jaguars are getting blown out and James Robinson isn't looking great. 
they'll turn to Carlos Hyde. If you're a Robinson owner, you have to own Carlos Hyde down the stretch here at 9% only owned. And last but not least, Abdullah, Amir Abdullah. Now, we got some extra question marks we weren't expecting to have with the Joe Brady firing and how this offense is going to function and all that. But especially if you're in full-point PPR leagues, Amir Abdullah was somebody who's getting worked in and getting the confidence of this coaching staff. And not just in the receiving game, which, by the way, he completely took over for Hubbard in that role, was by far the leading receiving running back. But Amir Abdullah was also cutting into Chuba Hubbard's carries when Christian McCaffrey was getting banged up. My expectation that Hubbard would lead the way more so in carries and Abdullah in passing, but I think it might be closer to a James Conner, Chase Edmonds type scenario than not. So Amir Abdullah might be a sneaky RB3 the rest of the way with Christian McCaffrey out as well. He's only 2% owned. Definitely worth a pickup. Definitely worth a flyer to see how this thing kind of pans out in week 14 as you head into your postseason for fantasy football. So those running backs, while they might not all, some of them might have some value this week, but they're not all barn, you know, barn burners. They are very vital for your teams if you're heading into the fantasy playoffs. I only have one wide receiver making my list this week. That's KJ Osborne at 4% owned. Again, yes, you have to figure he is going to get worked in with Adam Thielen out. At least he'll get some extra targets, some extra routes run. Definitely will get the playing time. I don't have huge high expectations for a KJ Osborne, but I do think he's somebody who could be somewhere in that wide receiver three, wide receiver four territory. We know he does have some upside. He's been able to make the big play happen before, especially earlier on the season. And now he'll be in a position to get more playing time, more volume than he has at any point this year. So he's definitely a person of note. If you've been looking for that extra third receiver, that extra flex receiver, I think he falls into that. And he's the only one that I that I would really want to go after with receivers, especially this time of the year. I only want to go after guys that I actually have confidence in having a role. Otherwise you're just a streaming option that I can pick up off the waiver wire and plug in. If I'm in a desperate situation over the next few weeks anyway. So KG Osborne to me was the only receiver under 50% owned that I felt like could actually have some value the rest of the way for, or at least for multiple weeks compared to the rest of the guys, which are just one week pickups at best uh, looking at the waiver wire and then go to the tight ends. It's two for me. Tyler Conklin, obviously along the same ticket, he'll look as an extra target share with Adam Thielen. He's definitely more of a must pickup for me, especially when streaming tight ends. I like his floor quite a bit moving forward with no Adam Thielen on the field. And then for this week, if Darren Waller continues to miss Foster Moreau, 29% owned, still widely available. Yes. He was disappointing last week, but he's still a touchdown threat. He's still in a, a good role on an offense that is has been good for the most part. Yes, they're a little bit hit or miss at times, but an offense that has been able to put up points this season in different situations, I think he's more of a streaming tight end than he is for the fantasy playoffs because Darren Waller should be back sooner rather than later. But if you're looking for a tight end for this week, I do think Foster Moreau continues to be a very positive streaming option for you guys uh, this week as well. So, Everyone, look out for that. That's the waiver wire report. That's going to do it for the show. You know, our Tuesday morning show is usually a little bit shorter anyway. Make sure you're coming back tomorrow because we'll be back 
It's going to be a little bit earlier than normal. I think we'll be back on 8.30 instead of 9.30 on Wednesday night. We're going to talk about the Thursday night football preview and the early slate window of matchup previews. Chris Dowhower will join the show with me. We'll get you guys all set up and ready to go for your Week 14 matchups, which I'm sure will be very important, very pivotal, or at least get you guys some ideas heading into the future if you're already sitting there clinching a playoff spot, which is even all the better as part of MD Nation. So everybody, make sure you come back for that. We'll be on your social media accounts at BellyUpMDFFShow. We'll be available to you on YouTube. Please subscribe. We'll be available to you on your favorite pod streaming app. And make sure you're downloading us on the Amazon App Store. I'm your host, Dan Mater, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.